I had finally said, you know what? I'm done with this other stuff. I'm done with these things in my life. I am saying yes to you, and I surrender to whatever's supposed to happen next. And my body lit up like a freaking light bulb. You're in that place of alignment. You don't need to know the next five or 10 steps. You just need to know the next step, which means you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do today? You will know what you're supposed to do, but you may not know how the story is going to totally unfold. Hello there. I am excited today to introduce you to Margaret, or Mo, as she prefers to be called, Smith. She's a life coach and a retreat facilitator. Mo is a deeply passionate advocate for human potential. You can hear it in every word that she says. And through the course of her own journey, Mo has become an expert in helping people build the lives and businesses of their dreams. She joined us today to share some practical, actionable things that we can all do to begin to step into ourselves and become the ultimate leaders of our own lives. So many incredible insights wait for you right inside this episode. I can hardly wait for you to hear it. And if you like what you're hearing with this show, I want you to do something this week. Tell a random person about the Creative Genius Podcast. It could be at a farmer's market or at the swimming pool or at school pickup or even at the grocery store. Look for your moment. The universe will give you one now that you're looking for it, which, by the way, is amazing practice for manifesting, which we will talk about in this episode too. And then, after you found your moment and you found your person, come back and tell me the story of how your moment found you and who the person was and what happened and when it happened. Tell me everything. I want to hear your magical stories. I feel so passionately committed to this mission that I'm on to help as many people as I can remember and come back to this important energy of creativity that's inside of all of us. I'm completely and utterly convinced that our individual lives and humanity can stop glitching if we can find and fall in love with and align with this energy that's inside of us. If you love the show and you get what I'm doing here, You'll probably really enjoy the secret Patreon-only episodes I do in the weeks between these podcasts. So there's a whole other world of this podcast that exists inside of their Patreon membership. These are intimate sit-downs with me where I share personal insights, roadblocks, things that where I'm stumbling, things I'm working on personally, setbacks, epiphanies, challenges, triumphs. They're really juicy, personal, intimate, vulnerable episodes. I also offer journal worksheets and guided meditations and everything that's already been created in the library will instantly become available to you when you activate your membership. And I get such lovely feedback from existing members about this content. Every time I'm making some of that Patreon content, I just think, oh, I want everyone to have this. And that is part of the reason why I've made the membership so affordable. It's $5 Canadian a month, which is about $3.50 US a month. It really is a no-brainer. If you love the show and you love the content and you want to see it continue to be made, I can't do it without you. So really, really consider signing up for a Patreon membership. Mo's energy is contagious, and I can feel that so much of what she said is exactly what you need to hear today. I can feel it in my bones. I really hope you enjoy this wonderful chat with Mo Smith. 
thank you for coming, Mo. I'm really happy to have you here today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I always appreciate meeting new people and especially especially through uh, someone amazing like Tracy that we know. Oh, Tracy Major, yeah. yeah. And for, for everybody listening, if you have not listened to Tracy Major's episode, go back and do that. Maybe even before you listen to this one today because what a life story she has, right? Burning your life down when it isn't working to follow your dreams. Yeah. So what... What is your day-to-day? What is your work? And, and have you, is it what you've always done or where are you in your path with your work these days? It's a great question. It's a constant evolution and constant creation. When COVID hit and I started working from home, I realized how much I loved it and that how much I needed a change. And so I left, I was working for a real estate team called Pickett Street Properties and I'd been with them for about eight and a half years. And I left in July of 2020 after COVID started and started my business. I had just about enough money to last month and a half with my bills, but I just felt in my entire being, I was like, I have to do this. I started this company called I Love It When. I'm a coach and consultant for small businesses. Primarily what I've been doing is not so much coaching. It's a lot of speaking and workshops and talking about vulnerability and communication. How did those things become the thing that got your attention? How did, how did vulnerability and communication get your, the attention of your heart? For most of my life, I was quiet. Mm. I just was not the first to speak up in class. And I thought it was actually because I was slow and I just didn't process like other kids did. But what I was doing was I was processing and I wasn't coming out with an opinion right away because I wanted all the facts. I wanted to gather all the information. And then I was also just incredibly shy. When I got to be about 30, I realized uh, what I have to say is valid. I've done my work. I'm doing the work. And I'm tired of listening to people who don't know what they're talking about or who are rude or condescending and take up space in the room when they shouldn't. And so I just started speaking up more. Vulnerability has always been a part of my life, but it wasn't verbalized to other people until then, really. I had to improve my communication skills because everything was up in my head and I would say things and a couple of people that I was working around were like, I don't understand what you're saying. And that's when I realized I have to start to work to build a bridge so that people can understand my thoughts because they're different. The real estate company, what was the work you were doing? I started out as the team admin and then grew to a director of operations position where I was basically running the small company with the owner. And so everything, PR, marketing, hiring, recruiting, training, managing, doing events, everything. And so that's when I realized, oh, I can run a small business. I always think it's amazing how we have these life experiences. And I mean, maybe you were in a job that we're not really happy about or that isn't feel super fulfilling. But what a education that was for you. And it, when you look back, it's, it's almost like, oh, well, that was obviously a part of the plan all along. I needed to learn all those things so that I can bust out. And it's kind of a blur that time, that 2020 year for most of us probably. And I'm just sort of trying to go back to the, the mood in, what did you say, August of that year? So, you know, things were pretty scary still. Everybody was kind of in still a lockdown. We weren't really seeing anybody. The, people were probably scared about, you know, there's scarcity stuff around jobs and money. and what's... Oh, Absolutely. So what, what was that like for you to have to wake up and realize I got to leave this job that I've worked so hard for and have gotten really good at and I mean, you've, you, you had a certain level of mastery, it sounds like, you, rising up in the ranks there and learning all that. And so what, what was going on for you in those moments when you realized you had to It's a great leave? question. <laughs> well, when COVID first hit, there's definitely a ton of uncertainty. And a lot of my friends were freaking out. And I realized I've done a lot of personal growth and a lot of work on myself and on my presence and on my energy. And I did not feel the same sense of fear. 
just recognized there was a difference in how I was feeling. And a lot of that had to do with me grounding into myself and having this knowing that whatever was supposed to happen next would happen. I look back and I'm like, wow, did I, I didn't really think about what I was doing. I just knew I was on the phone with my boss at the time and I just said it. I said, I think I'm starting to get resentful and angry and I don't want to, I don't want to be that way with you or with the team or the company. I think it's time for me to leave. I didn't think too much about the process. That's something I've realized that's really helped me is not overthinking and following what I feel in my body is the way to go. It may not make sense to other people, but it makes sense to me. And as long as I feel good about it, then I know to take the next step. That feels like such a scary, I mean, I've done that myself a bunch of times. And then I find my, you know, and I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm finally good at this. I know how to listen to my body and I know how to burn my life down when it's not working. And then inevitably I'll hit a, I'll hit a moment in life where I'll have a knowing or I'll feel something's off or I, you know, but I won't know how to trust what I'm hearing. It's almost like you, just because you did it once doesn't mean that it's like a new, that like you know how to do that now. And you totally. So, uh, and this sounds like this is something you work with people to do, right? Is to like, how do you, how do you find out what those messages are? Uh, and, and then how to listen to them. So can you tell us a little bit about that part of your work now? How you help people? Uh, there was a book I read probably now six years ago called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And it sat on my shelf for probably four years because I did not want to get up at 5 a.m. I was like, I can't do it. I'm just not that big of a morning person. But then I finally started reading through the first couple chapters where he says, like, you don't have to do this at 5 a.m. And so I said, okay. And then I had also read Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, I think it is. And there was a theme that stuck out. He interviewed 100 different people, all different types of people, authors, speakers, celebrities, different people that have really excelled in their industry. And there was a theme and it was meditation. Mm. And so I did the Miracle Morning for 40 days. And within like 20 to 25 days, I started to realize there was a feeling I was getting when I was meditating. And I was only meditating for five to seven minutes, just doing short guided meditations on completely changed my life. It gave me the ability to slow down enough to listen to myself before I listened to other people. Started doing that. And like you said, when you take a risk, it's, it's scary. And then you realize, oh, there's, there's eventually going to be another one I have to take. How do I trust that I know what I'm doing? And it's building those blocks of trust with yourself through those tiny actions. They don't have to be leaving your job. It could be trusting that, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to eat kale this morning. Okay, I'm going to eat kale and see how that feels. Like it could be very small things. And so I work with people to help them slow down enough from their life to realize that they might be doing some things on autopilot that they don't actually want to be doing, but they haven't ever slowed down enough to ask themselves what they want to do. Yeah. Meditation was the beginning of everything for me with that. Yeah. I have a, I have a mixed relationship with meditation because, and I want to go back in a minute to something you said about the feeling you get when you meditate. So if I forget, remind me that I have done, I did the, the, was it Miracle Morning? Yeah, oh yes. Miracle Miracle morning. Morning. So I did that. I did, I have a stack of papers, I would do my three pages every morning. For me, what started happening was like my life almost took on this eerily miraculous quality, like way more serendipity started happening. Cool things started falling into place. I'd have like weird successes with the show or interviews would come up with people that I never thought I'd be able to get on. And it freaked me out. And I kind of bailed a little bit on myself because it was like, it was almost like it felt too good. And I think when I analyze it now and I look back on it now, maybe it's a little bit of like, we are comfortable with our familiar territory. So even if that's like super dysfunctional relationship, family dynamic, whatever, like whatever's, this is home. This is normal. This like, is home. This is what, yeah. Anything other out of that that happens, we start to panic and go into that fight or flight 
kind of mentality. So what would you tell somebody like me who said, that, you know, listen, I've had these, op- I've opened these doorways to parts of my being that were radiant and amazing and miraculous. And I've, I've felt like I was in the flow of creativity itself and of life itself and of the magical wonder of the universe itself. I've, I've felt like the universe energy is in the room with me before and that it's guided me and that I'm loved. Like I've had moments where I felt like that and then I freak myself out and I hightail it out the other way. And then my life kind of becomes mundane and boring and, you know, maybe a little bit disordered and not happy. You know, what would you tell somebody like me who struggles with that? I would say tiptoe into it. You don't have to dive all in and freak yourself out. I have always had a fear of the dark as an example. And so I've been working on that through meditation. And I went in and out of kind of the same, what you just described so perfectly and beautifully was I've went in and out of meditation and doing it regularly because the unseen is the unknown and the unseen is what it is. And I believe, I believe personally in angels. I believe that I have ancestors around me all the time that are helping me. And at the same time, I can't watch scary movies. I can't watch shows that fill my brain with all sorts of horrific images. It doesn't mean that I don't pay attention to reality and what's happening in the world around me, but it does mean that I choose very carefully how I, what input I have into my mind because it affects everything else. And a lot of those, that fear that I had was actually from things that were just created by society that are not real. Yeah. And so I would say tiptoe into that. I love the tiptoe into it. And also it's reminding me, I used to, I had had one of my favorite ex-boyfriends from when I was much younger uh, was a real master of his own mind. Like he was really thoughtful about what he let himself think about. And I remember we were making dinner one night and the TV was on in the other room. It was like Law and Order or something was on, like some violent crime TV show. And I was like, oh, come and watch the rest of the show with me. And he said, no, I don't, like, I can't let that stuff into my mind. And I was like, what do you, and he said, you have to stand. I mean, it was a little dramatic, but he was like, you have to stand guard at the door of your mind and be very careful what thoughts you allow in. The thought becomes the action and then the action becomes the reality. And that's how we're manifesting things. And actually, okay, so I want to talk to you about manifesting. So there's another little bookmark, but I want to go back to the last bookmark. (laughs) You talk about the feeling that you get when you're meditating. What can you say more about that? It feels like you're on the beach and the sun is pouring down on me and it, it slows me down and it feels like this warm, cozy, light feeling. I started to get that feeling after about day 20 and I was like, um, this is amazing. I haven't heard about this before. Realized if I started out my day and got just a taste of that feeling, then I walked through my day differently. How is that happening? What do you think the mechanism is there that's getting you to that feeling? I think it's affecting my nervous system. I think it's the breathing. It's the being quiet and paying attention to how my body feels. So noticing, oh, I have a little bit of pain in my chest. Okay, let me see if I can breathe into that and release it. And so I think it's my nervous system calming down. Yeah. A lot of us resist meditation because we have a story about what it is and how it works and that, and that it's too hard. Because, yeah, you know, the, the, this, the stereotype about meditation is that it's, it's about emptying your mind, which if anybody has ever tried to do that, you immediately know that that's completely impossible, but only from now till eternity. You cannot empty your mind. That's not what the, that's not what the mind does. No, no. Uh, and so I hope this is helpful for people listening. For me, the most success, and I put that in quotes, I've had with meditation is really a stopping. 
It's really about not trying to do anything. And like you just said, noticing. So I might even just notice that I felt a weird pain in my arm and maybe not even necessarily try to do anything about it or breathe into it or whatever. But it isn't about a battle. I think that's like, that's ego's domain, right? Ego's like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to, and actually the gift that meditation, which I think meditation is sort of a portal to creativity. It's the doorway for us to access this deep intelligence inside of us. I love the way that you word things. You're reminding me of when they bring up that, the idea that they can't sit down and quiet their mind. I say to them, you don't have to, you're not actually supposed to. And they're like, what, really? And I say, yeah, it's actually meditation is so that you notice what's running through your mind. It's not that you need to quiet it necessarily, but what you'll notice is that if you do it more consistently, it will get quieter and quieter and quieter until finally you're like, oh, and other things start to it's come like through. It's like those Chinese handcuffs, right? Those little things that you put the little game that the kids have that they put on their fingers. And the more you pull on it, the tighter it gets. That's what's going on in the mind when you're having this tug of war with like, I have to try, I have to try to stop myself from thinking. Well, then the thinking is like, oh, we got her now. <laughs> She's in, we got her hooked. <laughs> I love that. This episode of Creative Genius is brought to you by Morning Moon Nature Jewelry. Instantly familiar, yet unlike anything you've ever owned, this extraordinary handcrafted heirloom jewelry is famous for its incredible detail of actual textures from nature. Get 15% off your first order and feel the wonder. Use coupon code CREATIVEGENIUS at lovemorningmoon.com. I wanted to talk to you about uh, energy because one of the things that you said in the prep for the show, some of the stuff that you sent over, you talked about how you're you're really passionate about helping people to build lives and businesses, you know, the lives and businesses of their dreams and to step into themselves as leaders and as, you know, kind of the most of themselves that they can be. And you believe that it's possible for us to do this and that it and that it all centers around energy. Yes, those are my words now. I'm putting words into your mouth, but I guess the energy that you sort of create in your life dictates the life that you have. And I wanted to go back to this idea because it's almost, so the thoughts that are coming to me are, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're living a life that is perfectly normal and perfectly fine, and it's all the things that you wanted, and it's things that you've been working, whatever, and it's, you know, you don't know, if you're on autopilot, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that there's something more for you because you're not tracking that and that's not your comfortable territory. So how does one begin to even know what isn't working? I love that. In order to then, because there's two things, you got to know what isn't working. And then the next thing is you got to start to intuit where to go next or what, the, you know, take, how, how, what to create next. And if, and I feel like those are all behind this like m- miraculous, mysterious door. Like, how do you find those things? How do you find out what you don't know in order to create the thing that you, you don't even know you want yet? Does that make sense? Do you understand? Like, okay. Yes, okay. It I've does. been trying to figure out <laughs> how to ask that question of myself, even. That's a fabulous question. I've never had anybody ask me that. One of the things I love to do when, Some people meet me, they meet me in a workshop. So maybe their boss hired me to come in and it's a group of like 20 people and they've never met me before. My job, my intention with that time is to create a space where they can get curious. What I've noticed is that if people are willing to identify the truths in their lives, wow, I'm when I'm with this person, I don't feel good. Like my body hurts. um, I feel drained when I'm not, I don't feel good. 
if they can start to identify feelings and and be truthful and honest with themselves about it, then that starts their journey towards finding what's next for them. So I think that's why I believe so much in talking about feelings and why I love Tracy Major's work because her work specifically is going to reach a group of people who may have no exposure to talk about energy, but it could lead them there because feelings are something that are just true for every person on earth. It just depends on if they have a safe space to talk about it and explore that in. I think it's about identifying how you're feeling and then being truthful and saying, I don't feel good with what I'm currently doing right now. What is it? And starting to identify what is it about their day that when do they notice that they don't feel good? That's where I would begin. It seems to me when I look around in our world today, there are plenty of people who don't even know that they don't feel good. Like we're glitching. You know, that's like I talk about the, when I talk about the premise of this whole show, the reason I'm doing the show, the reason I've dedicated so much of my own life to this work now is that I saw that humanity is glitching because we've become disconnected from this intelligence that runs the universe. And I mean, we call that, I call that creativity. You could call it God or self or spirit. Or I mean, we've had millions of names for it since the beginning of time. But really what's happening is we've become disconnected from that intelligence. And we don't, and we don't even know that we, it's back to that. We don't know because we don't know. And so for the person who just has sort of a general uh, sense that something's not right, but maybe isn't willing, I guess it has to come back to willingness. Like you do have to be willing. Yeah. You do. Obviously, I don't drag right. people. I definitely <laughs> do not believe in like, hey, I'm going to drag you into willingness and drag you into this awareness. But one of the things I do to kind of gently get people to a place where they might be open to exploring it is before workshops, I'll usually send people some homework. And one of those things is based off of, an, do you know Anise Kavanaugh? She's an author who wrote um, Contagious Culture and Contagious You. She's freaking fantastic. All of the things I speak about when it comes to energy come from her and her research. I'll have people for a week before we meet track how present they are with people throughout their day. Okay, on a scale of zero to 100%, I was 20% present with Tommy, but I was 60% present with Sarah. And then maybe they go home and find out that they weren't present hardly as much with their family. And so part of that practice gets them into the habit of slowing down and being more aware. And by the time we meet for the workshop, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize this was happening. Yeah, I see people saying things like, well, I'm not happy, but I don't know why. Like I don't, and, I, and they're not really willing to undo that. Like, Cause sometimes it's like your marriage is the thing that's wrong and that's a big one to undo. And so they don't, there's like a, you're not willing to. I like taking this idea of tiptoeing in and beginning to, beginning to just start to feel, and maybe it's even sensations. Maybe it's even just noticing sensations at first. Is that, that's what you're saying? When you say feelings, you're talking about not just like emotions, but also sensations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sensations can be, I mean, um, feelings and emotions that get stuck in our body can feel like pain. But if you start to notice uh, when something feels good, and that could be giving somebody a hug or getting a hug, uh, just starting to recognize, I like the word sensations in your body. Yeah. So it's almost like looking to the body to give you clues about how to navigate your, and I'm thinking even the, you know, on the morning when you wanted the kale, there would have been like a little bit of a pang for the, oh, I want, that's a sensation that was like kind of drawing you to the, so starting to pay yes. attention to those little, little things. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I realized too, and I don't know if you felt this with meditation, but 
after I had done it for the 40 days, if I missed a day, my body was craving it. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, okay, Mm -hmm. it really likes this. And then going through that process of allowing yourself to feel good. Right, because that's a big one too, right? Like that we get, and it's back to the familiar territory. If you're, you know, you've, it's, and it's a habit you've got. That's why they probably say do it for 40 days or however many days, because then it's a new habit that you've formed. And then that is your familiar normal. And then, then you can kind of go from there. Work that you do with people, what have you seen? The most common thing people do that prevents ourselves from living the life of our dream. I would say most of most of the people that I've worked with, I can find this in almost every client and myself included, is a form of people pleasing. So wanting to help other people feel good, sacrificing themselves to make everybody else comfortable or staying in a marriage or staying in a relationship because they're too worried about rocking the boat and having a bunch of unknowns or leaving their job because they don't know where they would go or what. It's just, it's constantly doing things so that other people are comfortable and yet you're disappointed or you're left in that same space. And what's the pathway out of that? Well, my approach again with clients is really tiptoeing and doing little things to get them to start to realize how powerful they are. You talked about how when you were in that state of meditation and flow that things just started to happen. If I can edge a client with meditation or with other softer, gentler approaches towards experiencing some of those, then they're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how quickly that was going to happen when I said yes to something I really wanted. more they can say yes to things that they really want, the more those synchronicities happen. And all of a sudden they're like, how can I not do this? How can I not uh, maybe leave this job in order to embrace what obviously wants to come to me? So if I can get them to see a little bit of a spark, that gets them excited enough to think about the possibilities. I'm imagining that along that pathway, there does come a moment for, I would guess, many people where there's a fear that pops up around that knowing is going to go away. I'm having this knowing right now. I'm feeling connected to this warm sunshine, flow, intelligence, knowing, intuition, whatever it is. And it's guiding me to do this thing and it feels really good right now, but I'm scared it's going to stop. And what will I do then? I'm giving up, I'm giving up the old way and then this, the bottom's going to fall to this new way. It's a fear. I know it's a fear and I, we, we can name it. But what, do you, what would you say to somebody who is feeling some of that as they were transitioning from one world to the other? To another. I would say, yes, of course it'll go away. Nothing's, we don't have constant joy. It's not like just joy all the time. I'm just joy. <laughs> no, I God. think uh, it would be like really intense. <laughs> and annoying. <laughs> oh, for me, when I'm first starting out talking to people about it is just feel it for three minutes. Just, and then you know after a certain number of months and exploring and getting curious and playing with it, you know that when you lose it, you can get it back. But it isn't until they experience it. They have to experience it. Uh, and then I think once they experience that, they can actually face other fears that are bigger, that are actually stronger, because now they know it's something is always there for them. They can always reconnect. They can always, but they have to experience that before they can really step up and face because these, some of the things that we face in society, like you've already mentioned, fears around money, fears around what's going on with our government, what's going on with the world. I always tell people like, don't, I'm not telling you to go leave a job or leave a marriage, but what I'm telling you is this is what I notice. And I want to give you permission. I want you to give yourself permission to explore and get curious about what feels good. 
So for the people listening to this right now who are sitting there, I can almost feel them on the edge of their seat going, okay, give me some homework. Like, what can I do to practice this? Can you, would you be willing to give people a little assignment to do to first? Gosh, that's fun. Yeah. Do you want, and you can think about it. We can come back to it in a bit if you want, or if you've got something at the tip of your mind, we can. Well, I'll, I'll share something that I often do with people is start out with just three to five minutes of meditation on Insight Timer or YouTube or wherever you can find free meditations everywhere. But do it for 30 days, three to five minutes a day, and then let me know what happens. I love it. Thank you. I think that's a great, a great challenge for people listening to this episode. Uh, okay, I wanted to talk to you about uh, manifestation because this is something that really intellectual about, and I think it ruins it <laughs> oh. intuitively. I don't like, know. So far, the way you speak about things is just beautiful. You have a really wonderful way of putting things. I have this mind that always wants to figure things out. And it's a, and it's a trauma response, like from, I had, you know, a tumultuous childhood and I've always needed to sort of be in control of my environment and make sure everything's okay. And Makes sense. And so yeah. I think part of what I try to do is like understand how everything works so that I can have the illusion oh, yes. that I'm in control of any of it. Or I totally, it. yeah, I, I get that. So with manifestation, it's always just been like a, a, a teaser for my brain. I don't understand how it works. That's not true. I do understand some of how it works. And I, because it, there's this two-parted question. I want to know if you'll tell us what your definition of manifestation is and how you, the Coles notes of how you think it works and somebody who wants to start to experiment with creating how that works. And then the second part of the question is, in my experience, it's much easier to manifest things from the divine part of yourself, the, the, the real true you, your capital S self, than it is from ego. Like anytime I've ever like come up with a list of things that I want to have in like the car and the thing and the whatever, the money, those are much harder to manifest because they're not coming from an aligned place of your true self. And so, but ego is really good at masquerading as self. The further along you get down this road, how do you start to tell the difference between it, whether this is a, a request or a desire from coming from ego or whether it's coming from source or spirit or whatever the other word you want to use for it? Like, how can you tell when it's a pure request or whether it's, you know, ego trying to keep you trapped? Because really, that's what, that's what that's going to try to do. Like, the requests that come from that place are going to try to keep you on the hamster wheel of what you're already in because that's where ego is comfortable and that's where it wants you to stay. So what is, what is it? How does it work? And then how do you tell the difference between who's asking? <laughs> Does that make sense? I love that. Yes. It's like a okay. three-part question. Okay. Yes. Um, so how do you tell the difference between ego and self? This is where slowing down and really thinking about what is it that I truly want is super important. That's where meditation has helped so much. I would say it feels like love. Anything that I desire is something that will bring me joy and bring me love. And it will also bring joy and love to the world. And ego is usually fear-based. And so if I'm going after something because I'm like, oh, I really need that $5,000 because I got to pay my bills next month. Um, even if it's in alignment with what I'm doing in my business, I always slow down and check myself and say, am I doing this just because I think I need to get money that way? Or do I really want to serve this company or group that has approached me and said, hey, will you work with us? And so every decision I make in my company, I pause long enough to think about that and really see where am I coming from? Because I've had the luxury and say luxury and the joy of the last two years, you know, since I started my business, really learning how to surrender. And surrender means 
I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next month. Let me just take inspired action, which looks a lot like a lot less hustle than I used to do. So I answered a couple different things there. So love and joy is how I differentiate between ego and self. The station to me is much like what you described earlier. So when you are in alignment, you glow. So when I told people I was leaving my job, somebody saw me the next week and they were like, she looked like she just got engaged. I was like lit up uh, because I had finally said yes to my soul. I had finally said, you know what? I'm done with this other stuff. I'm done with these things in my life. I am saying yes to you and I surrender to whatever's supposed to happen next. And my body lit up like a freaking light bulb. You're in that place of alignment. You don't need to know the next five or 10 steps. You just need to know the next step, which means you wake up the next day and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do today? You will know what you're supposed to do, but you may not know how the story is going to totally unfold. And so every day, every week, every month, I just take inspired action. And inspired action might be taking a bath that day, which feels really weird to someone who's worked, 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 and hustled and worked her butt off for everything I've gotten up to before this point. I worked so hard. But when you're taking inspired action, I always tell people too, it's like you're taking three steps instead of 10. So what if you could get to the same location with just three steps instead of 10? Because you're not just powering this yourself. You're being powered and influenced and supported by the universe. So they're working with you. You're co-creating. So it's not just you. It's way more fun. It's way less work. And all it is, is just coming into alignment and taking those inspired action steps. So then you have to determine, okay, what is it that I want to manifest? What is it that I really want to do? And that process is kind of what we talked about earlier is really just getting quiet and allowing yourself to think about what feels good to me. What did I think about doing as a kid? What do I want to go do right now? And starting to just give yourself the chance and the quiet to really understand that and think about it. Yeah, that's probably one of the greatest gifts we could ever give ourselves. I'm wondering about how to, there is the reality of bills and we have, you know, we have, we, ha- we can't just, we can't just all wake up and say, and I'm not suggesting this is what you're doing, but we can't just wake up and say, uh, oh, I'm only going to take inspired action today. And, you know, the kids can't go to the dentist and now nobody's like, you know, I didn't go to work today and like the mortgage payments haven't been. How do we how do we transition from, and I, and I am assuming it's like a tiptoe thing again, like we're, you got to tiptoe into this kind of way of being, but uh, how do you do that? How do you hold space for the practical needs of your everyday life as you transition to be more led by this other intelligence that's been in you all along, but that maybe hasn't been given the driver's seat? How do you, what's a good way to sort of transition? Well, I can share with you what I did in my first month. I left my job July 10th. I hopped on a plane the next day and went to Denver, Colorado. In the midst of all these things going on with COVID, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't really have the money to do this, but this is what I want to do. Because I was like, I just left this job that I'd really dedicated so much of my life to and really had poured so much of my soul into. And I needed to do something for me. And so when I got back, I started building my website. And I'm just like, okay, I'm open for coaching call, discovery calls, you know, if anybody's interested. And I thought I would have all these clients because I had built up my network, my previous job. I had maybe one or two Zoom calls. And then it was five days before my payments were due for September. I needed to make my mortgage payment. I needed to pay all my utilities, all that stuff. 
And so it's getting down to five days. I'm starting to sweat. Out of the blue, I got an email from this guy who's a San Francisco real estate agent. And he had said, hey, can we meet tomorrow on Zoom to talk about working together? So we get on the Zoom call the next day and he's like, hey, before you even say anything, I just want you to know that I'm in. And I know you have a six-month contract, but to be honest, I want you for 12 months. And if I'm really being honest, I want you for 18. Oh, and I can pay up front. (laughs) And I just about, my jaw dropped and I kept my tears under control until I got off the Zoom call and I called my mom and I just started sobbing because that was the first like, yes from the universe, the big solid, like now you have income for, I think that carried me for at least three months. You are supposed to be doing this. People are going to show up. You are not in control of the timing. So let go a little bit. Lesson that I think I've been learning over the last two years is how do I uh, juggle and kind of keep this balance of paying the practical bills so I can stay in my house and surrendering. All I can tell you is that every single month it has worked out. What about the times when you really feel like you have it like a yes from the universe to follow a certain path and you do it and you go all in and you take the risks and you're not getting those yeses from the universe, but you also can't, you know, it's a choiceless choice that you have to make. You have to keep going. You have to do this thing. And whether that's you have you realize that you want to be a, f- a full-time painter and you've quit your job and, you are, but, and you're, you're painting eight hours a day and you're trusting and you're trusting it, but no one's buying your work. Or whether that's you, you quit everything to write the book that you know has been trying to come out of you for your whole life or the podcast or the movement or the code, like whatever it is that's thrumming in you that's trying to get out, when you know that that's what you're supposed to do and you can't do anything else, but you're not getting those yeses yet, mm-hmm. what do you do? That's such a great question. Uh, In a lot of ways, I feel like that's where I've been since I left my job. So I get that big, beautiful yes in the beginning, and I get lots of little yeses in between. But in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been in this void space. My number one job these last two years has been to decondition myself from hustle mode and learn how to surrender and trust and rest. I was burnt out and I was used to, and I had been trained to work a certain way. And so this time, I think, was specifically for me to rest and recharge and get to know myself again. Part of the way I keep myself going is through oracle cards, through angel cards, through having mentors like Enmay Mangles, through feeding myself really good information, so books and podcasts and things that I find encouraging, and really learning that I am not in charge of any of this timing. I've put myself in this position. I've made myself available. Something is going to happen at some point and then I'll know what this was all about. I love that. I mean, I mean, of course I know that, but like it's, you need to it's hear another it. Thing to right? live it. You gotta, yes. It's another thing to live it and also just be reminded of it. Like you get so caught up in the, because even though when you can get one of those big radiant yeses from the universe where you know it's your path and you know it's your, that's not a destination that you've arrived at. It's still a fluid moving thing. And ego still is always right there at the door trying to knock it. You can't, you, I know, don't do that. You can't. So it's always going to try to, I feel like it's sometimes like pulling at my ankles, like come back down here. (laughs) It also reminds me of, uh, for anybody who is interested in kind of dipping their toes into spirituality a little bit more, um, angel signs are also something that have been like little sparks of light 
for me every single day. It, the messages that they bring always help me understand, like I might be in a void right now, but I'm still on the right path. Yeah. I'm still headed towards wherever I'm supposed to head towards. I need to enjoy this moment. I need to enjoy it and I have to learn how I can rest, even though like right now today, I don't have the money I need for the rest of this month or next month. And so learning how to relax when you still have that is totally a lesson that I needed to learn and I am needing to learn still. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one. But yet, I think every time that you ask yourself, but is it true that things are not okay right now? Like, even though you know you've got the bill due in the end of the month, is it true that you don't have what you need right now in this it's the best moment? best question. Yes. I have the food. I, ha- I have food on my table. I have food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have friends and family around me. I have a car. I have a house. I'm so blessed. I'm into the moment and today. But are your bills paid today? Well, yes, they are. Okay. Then... Let's see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Money comes in all sorts of different forms. It may come in a gift card from someone. It may come from a bill being lowered one month. And when you start to recognize all that abundance and you all of a sudden your gratitude just shoots through the roof when you realize what you have. Such a huge thing to remember, like the gratitude. I know it sounds, oh, have a gratitude journal and be grateful. It actually is magic. And, but not gratitude by rote, like not, uh, oh, I have to sit and write the, Like there's a feeling, and I don't know if you have this experience too, but like when I sit down at the end of the day to connect with the things that I'm grateful for the day, if I allow myself to really feel them, there's a, there's a, or the person that I'm grateful for, or the bill that I got paid that I, whatever the thing is I'm feeling, if I let myself really feel it, there's a moment, it almost feels like a little flower opening and, and a little smile will come over my face. And it's, and I heard Deepak Chopra say that little smile is your way of knowing that the object of your gratitude received your message of gratitude. That's what that, that's what that smile is. And so I always sit down until I can get myself that smile so that I know that it was received and not just ticked off a list. Cause it's an energy, like gratitude really is an energy that you can bring into your life. And it does, it is. It is a magic wand. I've always had a hard time with getting myself to sit down and journal. So I haven't ever done really like a gratitude journal. But what I'll do in the moment when I'm with somebody, I will say randomly like, hey, I just have to thank you so much for supporting me during this time. Or thank you so much for seeing me and for asking me that question. And they get really caught off guard. And what? Are you talking? What are you? I'm like, yes, I want to really take this moment. I'm not going to write you a thank you card later. Like I want to do this in person. And by giving them that energy, like you just said, it's the the ripple effect. You just mm. have no idea how that affects them. It's, it's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Yeah, that is, I, I'm going to start doing that. I love that. Speak it out loud. Write it down. Your words have so much power, so much power around creating. All you have to do is say the thing and then it begins to come into form. It's amazing. I love it. I have a little deck of angel cards in a little wooden bowl beside my desk. And before every episode, I sit down and I say a little prayer to whoever's listening. That's something along the lines of, you know, help me say what needs to be said so that what needs to be heard can be heard so that the growth that and the joy and the everything for the listeners and for everybody, you know, for you and for me and for all the listeners, that, that, that this is something that is really in service to our emerging to, in, as, our, as our true selves. Something along those lines. I say something like that every time. And then I pull a little card from the deck. It's like a little blessing for the show. And the word that I picked for us today was compassion. Oh. 
That's beautiful. I love that. I do the exact same thing before. I did the same thing before this podcast and I use one of my crystals that has to do with speaking. And I say, you know, use me as a vessel. If whatever somebody needs to hear today, let it come out from us. And so I love that you do that. It's a powerful practice. When I wake up in the morning, my kind of overall prayer is, please use me. Like, please use me in the best way possible to be in service to the most people possible. Like, Oh, I love that. And that's the other thing about manifestation, I'll say, is intention is everything. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a meeting or you go into a, a dinner with your family or a dinner with friends, go in with an intention and watch what happens. So powerful. If you go into a meeting and say, I'm going to go into this meeting and be completely open and curious and just watch what happens. Intention is just incredibly powerful. Is there, is there something that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you that you were hoping I would have asked you? Good question. Nothing I can think of right off the bat. Okay. I mean, I do feel like we could talk forever, so I'm I sure do there's... I Maybe there's a part two to your yeah, episode coming up two. in the future. <laughs> At the end of every episode, and you, you know about this because we talked about it before the show, I asked the billboard question. And I'll just say it again out loud for, for anybody who's just joining us as a brand new listener. And if that's you, welcome to the family. If you had a billboard that you knew was going to reach every single person in the world who longed to have access to this intelligence inside of themselves, who longed to be able to trust it and and be led by it and let it run their life. But for all the reasons, all the conditioning that we've had around creativity, around gut instinct, around all of the things that we're talking about, just didn't believe that they had access to it. it that that intelligence doesn't live in me. You know, they 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 just don't believe that. But this billboard was going to get their attention and the message was going to get in, what would you put on it? Well, the one that kept coming out of me that I couldn't really find different words for was, you create daily, why not do it with intention? There's a million things I would put on the billboard. Like the other thing I wrote down was, I see you. Because I think one of the most powerful things we can do for people is really see them. And that helps them begin to unearth that part of themselves. But for some reason, this one, you create daily, why not do it with intention? Just felt like what somebody needs to hear. I love it. It really like a little ding went off for me when you said that. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for oh, thank coming Thank you for the today. questions. Yeah, it was wonderful to chat with you. It was awesome. I have done a lifetime of my own trauma work, therapy, personal growth stuff, retreats, workshops. I've read every book. I've done the journaling. If it's out there and it's about personal growth and reconnecting with this inner part of ourselves, I've tried it. And I will tell you, hand on my heart, that the thing that has had the most profound impact on all of it and on my life as a whole has been meditation. So if you take one thing from this episode today, I hope it's this inspiration to give meditation a shot, to try it out if you haven't already before, to go back to it if it's something you have tried before, but for whatever reason you wandered away from, or to deepen your practice. And I feel so ardently passionate about this that I've decided to give away one of my guided meditations. This is from my Creative Genius Guided Meditation Series, and this one is usually $11. But I'm offering it to you for free with this episode because I really want you to try meditation if you haven't already and enjoy how powerful it can be. So this one's called Finding Stillness in the Midst of Chaos. It's a great one. A lot of people have written to me telling me how much they love it. And you can get it when you sign up for my newsletter at katesheppardcreative.com. All you have to do is go to the website and look under freebies and it will give you all the links that you need. 
And while you're on the computer or your phone, please take a moment to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me some stars and a review about your experience with listening to Creative Genius Podcast. It really would mean the world to me. And it helps other people discover the show because it raises us up in the algorithm, which is good for all of us because it means I can continue to create the show and you can continue to enjoy it. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. I pick a random person from my email list once every month and send them an original piece of my artwork. It's one of my favorite things to do. It takes a lot to put together the show. Please consider supporting me to do it. You can visit patreon.com slash Podcast to find out more. And please keep my jewelry or paintings, and especially gratitude birds, which keep selling out, in mind next time you're looking for a treat for yourself or for a loved one. You can find everything I've mentioned on katesheppardcreative.com. Thank you for being here, for opening your heart, and for listening. My wish and intention for this show is that it reach into your heart and stir the beautiful thing that lives in there. May you find and unleash your creative genius.